0: From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Tom Clark, here again with family Doc Zorba Pastor, talking with you about what's new in healthy living, sharing some down-to-earth advice and great lifestyle tips to help you get the most out of life. If you have a question for Zorba, the number to call is 1-800-462-7413. And along with your calls, we have some topics to talk about, Zorba.
1: Yes, how fast you walk may determine how long you'll live. (laughs) <laughs> we'll talk about whether or not that has any validity at okay, all. I'm, that's I'm right. thinking
0: I'm a fast walker. I don't know if that's good it's, or bad, it's, it's it's exactly I'll, I'll, I'll find out. And
1: antibiotics that we give children in infancy may, just may, be causing obesity when they become adults. Hmm. Very interesting data that's uh, rather disturbing. What's that's our true. recipe? Butternut squash. I know you love butternut squash. I know whenever there's butternut squash on the menu, the first thing you do is jump to it. Even if it's steak on the menu, you will jump to butternut squash. Whatever whatever you say. But this is butternut squash tacos with avocado. And even if Tom doesn't like it, you may like it. Let's move
0: along to the uh, callers. 1-800-462-7413. 1-800-462-7413. As we welcome our first caller, a listener in Bethel, Maine. Hi. Hi. How can we help?
2: Well, I've got a question. I had some routine blood work done and found out that my vitamin D3, I guess, or mm-hmm. um, is between 18 and 19, and I understand the norm is anywhere between 25 and 50. And my doc suggested um, 50,000 units once a week of mm-hmm. vitamin D3. And she said that this is the new thing. Instead of doing a daily dose, it's blast every week mm-hmm. with this intense amount. And I just wondered um, the reasoning behind that, if you were familiar with that, and also synthetic versus plant-based vitamins. Uh-huh.
1: Well, first of all, the thing about vitamin D, if it's low, is we now know we want to replace it you know, to get it to a normal value. And if you take 1,000 to 2,000 units – Uh, you know, every day, it takes a long time to replace it. So in other words, there's a long time that you're basically not replaced. So in other words, you, you, know, you figure 50,000 units, if you figure you're taking 2,000 a day, 2,000 into 50,000 is 25, and so it's going to take a long time to replace it. But the theory is that we give this blast, like you say, 50,000 units once a week, and then quite often we'll measure it three to six months later and see what the number is. And if your number then approaches a normal value, you then go to 1,000 or 2,000 units a day and check it a year later. And that's kind of the idea. The idea is, why are we waiting so long to bring it up to a normal value? The real issue is, what do these low values mean? Because for years, we never really paid attention to vitamin D. We didn't do it. And now there's a thought that really we're healthier if the values are, quote, within our limits. Well, what does healthier mean? Is it less heart disease, less stroke, less cancer, and so on? And I think the jury is out on some of these. Uh, I mention it because we know vitamin D in childhood is a really big issue that if you were vitamin D deficient, you develop rickets, and that was a lifelong malady, a bone malady that was very, very important. And in Wisconsin, uh, you know, they developed an idea of how to basically irradiate, they that you put milk through a process. It's not really a radiation, but they put energy into milk, and they put vitamin D in milk, and that got rid of rickets right away. But for adults, it's a different thing. We don't drink a lot of milk. You certainly aren't going to, in Maine, lay out in the sun in the winter time. <laughs> They'd call you nuts and they'd put you away in the loony bin and say, yeah, I'm just getting my vitamin D. So the answer is yes, that is the newest, the newest way to do it. But you want to be checked three to six months later. And when you get to a normal value, stay there. Well, I have a question. Why did, why did your doctor do a vitamin D level?
2: I think because I was experiencing some fatigue. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so she was looking, you know, just kind of canvassing Mm -hmm. the whole. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, How's your fatigue? Have you started taking it?
2: Yeah, I have. And the levels um, are back to normal or within normal. How long did that Um, take? It took probably six months.
1: Six months. Mm -hmm. That's how long it takes. Yeah. 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 What did she recommend then you do at this point?
2: she said that it wouldn't be a bad idea to continue mm-hmm. the 50,000 uh-huh. every week.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So that's what I'm doing, but what I'm hearing you say is kind of maybe it's well, okay to cut back and just do a maintenance. You could struggle. do
1: one you could do one or the other and what I would do yeah. then is I would check it 6 months later. So you could yeah. go to 2,000 units a day and 6 months later check it. You wait you wait that long cuz actually it would take that long to see a difference cuz you've got storage in your body. And 6 months yeah. later if you fall below you know, the normal, then you know, hey, you need fifty. You need the 50,000 yep. unit blast once a week. But you could go. You wouldn't be doing yourself any harm. And if you'd rather be on a 2,000 unit a day, which is much less, uh, you could do that. I think it's, right. it's, you know, one way or another to make a difference. But I would, if you go to the lower level, I definitely would measure it.
2: So being from a dairy state originally, um, I do drink a lot of milk uh-huh. and eat yogurt, things like that. Is there any way that that can even come close? To, to fulfilling the need that you for vitamin D, your sure. daily
1: need? Sure, sure. You okay. could easily do that. You could say, I don't want to take any vitamin D. Uh, I've I replenished it. I want to see what it's like and then get a measurement six months to a year later. I would probably, if I were to do that and I were defi- had a patient who was deficient, I would say, sure, go off of all of it. Let's recheck you. At six months, if the number was normal, I would say let's recheck you six months to a year after that because I would see whether or not it would stay normal.
2: And that's that's what I'll continue to do. I think this is just going to be a, always monitoring it.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a one-off level in something like this. I would do that. So. Yeah. So you're yeah. from a dairy state?
2: I am right. <laughs> originally, yes. So I've okay. been in Maine for about 30 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maine is a beautiful Maine is a beautiful state absolutely beautiful. we lived my wife and I lived in Nova Scotia for a couple of years and lived in New Brunswick for part of that and Maine and New Brunswick are really sort of sister communities in many ways we just love it
2: they are they are and today it's, it's snowing and it's absolutely beautiful so ah. your, your comments about walking fast makes me uh, motivates me to get my snowshoes on and <laughs> I tail it off there you
1: go there you go
0: so well thanks a lot thanks for your call Oh, thank you. Yep. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for, uh, Thanks for your call is right. Uh, now, Zorba, if I don't have fatigue, don't I don't have to worry about vitamin well, D? Well, vitamin D is sort
1: of interesting. It's become more... We, we take measurements. If people have osteoporosis, we check their vitamin D level. If they have a fracture that we don't expect them to have, we check a vitamin D level to see if it's okay. Um there are some people who believe fatigue and vitamin D are correlated together. Usually, there's a pr- reason behind doing it. We don't do it as a screening test. We don't automatically do vitamin D levels on people because most people seem to have that. Now, I do recommend, especially during the winter months, that people take 2,000 units of D. Why? Because right now, the data shows that may be useful. There's no definitive data on it yet. Those long-term studies are in the process. We don't have the answer. It might be... Bite the dust, just like vitamin E bit the dust, folic acid, except in pregnant mothers, bit the dust, vitamin C bit the dust, uh, beta carotene bit the dust. All these <laughs> supplements bite the dust. Mother nature ultimately is the answer to most of this. So Absolutely. I shouldn't
0: be taking E? E?
1: No, you shouldn't be taking... Are you taking E? You shouldn't. Did your yeah, doctor so. say you should take I have a bunch of bottles e? in there. I think that's or Did what your I mean. wife say to take vitamin E? Yeah. Now, if your wife said to take vitamin E, no, you I, should No, I stay. do what I'm told. Yeah. You're
4: right. You
0: do it
1: <laughs> as you're told. You've got it, baby. You don't want to lose points there.
0: 800-462-7413 is the number if you have a question for Zorba. 1-800-462-7413. Now, before our next call, Zorba, how fast you walk says a lot about your health. Yeah, that well,
3: it's kind
1: of an interesting thing. Yeah, if you're a slow walker, you're going to die sooner than if you're a fast walker, <laughs> maybe. But it's very interesting. This came out, of, came out of USC Division of Biokinesiology, physical therapy. They looked at the pace that people walk, they mm-hmm. measured it, mm-hmm. they looked at their health. You know, just say walk naturally, and they measured how quickly they walked. They didn't say walk as quickly as you can mm-hmm. or walk as slowly as you can. just said just walk at your usual pace. And lo and then behold, they found that people who walked quicker were healthier. Hmm. Well— that's kind of a duh comment. I mean, if you're sicker, you don't tend to walk no, as quickly. Don't right? walk that I mean fast. I mean, I've got to look at research <laughs> like this. You know, somebody who's sick who has cancer who has heart disease, I think on the whole they're gonna walk a little bit slower yeah. than somebody who yeah. is vigorously exercising and you know, and up to date. But but there's another part of here that's kind of interesting. It may be that your pace may be a measure of health. In other words, although it's intuitive that at the extremes, somebody who is a marathon person is going to walk quicker than somebody who is very sick and, uh, yeah. and has heart disease, but in the middle, is that going to be a measurement of what we can see? We know that, uh, you know, that obesity can be a measure of bad health, right? Mm-hmm. We know the trunkal obesity in your tummy is a measurement of bad health. You know, it means that you're more likely to have a heart attack. So it may be that walking may be a measurement of health and it might be that what we should do is say, hey, you've got a fitness monitor or you've got your cell phone that has it. I want you to just walk naturally for the next five minutes and we'll measure it. And that measurement might be a code for, hey, you're not walking up to a, a point that we think we have to look and see if there are other things going on in your body. That's really interesting. So you, fo- you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. In other words, that it might be it might be a signal that's important. Yeah. So
0: if at. I start to walk slower than I usually do, I should see my doc and, and tell him that. Well,
1: oh, uh, yeah. Or if you notice, hey, you're walking. That's right. You got to give a point there. If somebody, if you notice it or other people say, you know, you're not walking as quickly as you used to. Yeah. There may be something wrong. Yeah. And that's, that's really where I find this research, you know, kind of interesting. You know, at the extremes, once again, it's not going to be there. So, I mean, we know with biological age, walking changes. You know, if you look, you know, we're on a college campus. And if you look at the at how fast people walk, they just walk faster than if you go to a if you go to a senior citizen over
0: 55. You know. Are you making fun twice. of senior citizens? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing. It. I take a, a little offense about. That. I take offense about that as we
1: hobble out. Uh, but once again, this may be a new measurement. Just like we'd look at a measurement of hand strength, grip strength, uh, how much can you lift, and it may be something that we start to use in the future uh, that may be useful. So how how fast you walk does say something about you. Interesting.
0: 800-462-7413 if you have a question for Zorba. 800-462-7413. Back to the phones now, a listener in Cambridge, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi. How can we help?
4: Well, my partner and I are in our 70s, and in 2014 he had a major right brain stroke in, while we were cycling in France. Oh, and then wow left him paralyzed on the left side and with some cognitive issues. Oh, wow. And then he had an an occipital stroke in 2016. Wow. And the vision therapy told us that vision issues can also affect hearing. Mm -hmm. So we keep getting these ads for come and get a free hearing test. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the, you know, the other complications, I wondered whether or not, a test like that would be beneficial, and, you know, if he did qualify for a hearing aid, would it have to be something special or, how is there any point to getting a hearing test?
1: Um, I'll, I'll answer that. How did you do when you were in France and he had a stroke? I mean, how did you handle that? You're in a foreign country. You've got insurance well, in the U.S.
4: Well, fortunately, I had pay t- paid attention to how you know somebody's having a stroke. So we got him to a uh, neurological hospital in Lille, and mm-hmm. they gave him the clot-busting drug, but oh. it didn't work. But it, it, did didn't, it, it didn't work. No, the stroke was really huge. They really didn't know if he would live for a couple of days. We mm-hmm. spent 17 days there, but because he was in such good shape, he mm-hmm. didn't have any complications. And we came home to an, in an air ambulance, and he spent another five weeks in the hospital
1: Oh, wow. Here. Mm-hmm.
4: His left arm doesn't work. His left leg works somewhat. He mm-hmm. can walk with a quad cane and mm-hmm. around the house.
1: Uh-huh. So that's it. Now, cognitively, could he? Would he be able to respond to things on a hearing
4: test? Um, well, I'm not familiar what that would include, but well, I would... there would
1: be a tone among other things, and they say, "Do you hear it?" or "Not hear," it, and they raise the hand.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's his. His response time is a little delayed. Mm-hmm,
1: but, sure. Um, so his response time is late, and from a point of view, he understands words, so he could repeat words, or oh
4: yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really have speech therapy problems, but mm-hmm. you know, he he talks normally. he's, he's a little slower to mm-hmm. find his words.
1: Sure. So first of all, let's talk about hearing and dementia. That's really an interesting issue that's come up in the last couple of years. We, it now appears from recent research that people who have unamplified a hearing loss, especially in mid-age, don't get it amplified, run a higher risk of dementia and uh, the estimation in the journal Lancet was that it may be up to 10% of all dementia it may be prevented by having hearing aids. I mean, it's kind of remarkable that we may have, you know, that our cognitive difficulty may be worse by not hearing things. And I find that really amazing. I've been thinking about this quite a bit. When you don't hear as well, you, don't necess- you withdraw from people, you don't respond, you don't interact with people, and it may be that interaction keeps your brain active. And also, I've been thinking about how you know when you when I do things around the house sometimes I talk to myself why do I actually say the words and I want to hear them through my ears Mm -hmm. where's that I mean why would you want to say something and hear it or when you bang your bang your hand with a hammer why do you swear out loud and you want to hear it through your hearing so that means there must be something going on in the audiological channels in the brain that are very very important to me, that's the bottom line that what I read from this. And so getting, you know, if he has anything that is a hearing loss, getting the hearing hearing aids, I think, really does make a big difference. Now, uh, where do you go? Well, do you have you have a family doctor? Do you go to a large clinic, a small clinic? Where do you go?
4: Our family doctor is like two blocks from us. In a small, in a small clinic, she's it.
1: Okay. So she's part of groups. So the real issue is where do you end up uh, getting the hearing test? And there are good ways to get hearing tests. Most, A lot of hearing aid companies are great. One of the places that I actually send people often is to Costco because they have... They do audiology testing, and they have hearing aids that are half the price of uh, my group. Uh, I work for. I have a large medical group that I'm part of, and Costco is actually cheaper. So I often tell people, go to Costco, get your hearing tested. I know they're good. So you want to make sure that you get a good audiologist that has an answer to you. Then you want to shop for hearing aids. Hearing aids are awesome. They improve them every year. If he's got a hearing loss and he's got cognitive difficulty of any sort, and he's had a stroke, the answer is yes, yes, yes. Get a hearing aid. Learn to use them. Ah,
4: uh, okay. Yeah.
1: You sound. You don't sound. You, you don't, don't sound, sound okay. excited. You don't <laughs> sound okay. Well, What's,
4: well, I, I, my experience with my partner is that he doesn't have a lot of patience for something like that. Yes. So well but that's we'll but up. that
1: but that's a biggie that's why you can return them. But people who have hearing aids who use them and have them work they always say to me, "It's remarkable how much better I feel with the hearing aid because they interact with people." Also, a very good selling point is this may reduce dementia, and that's a selling point to your partner who has cognitive issues from a stroke. So you've got a good way to sell it to him now. Let's see if you can yeah, close well, if you can close the bargain.
4: He's a real people person, so he might like
1: that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I mean, but that's the truth. I mean, you're actually you're actually just displaying to him. The benefits of hearing aid. People don't like them not just because they have to fiddle with them. They don't like it because they're vain. It's a vanity issue. People don't mind putting on glasses because young people wear glasses. Oh, the only people who wear hearing aids are people who have hearing problems that are very young, and they don't mind because they're young and they want to mm-hmm. hear. And then people are old, and then they feel like they're old because they have to use a hearing aid. And I say very nicely, get over it. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, we'll
1: try. (laughs) Good luck. Thank you. Let us know what goes on. Thank
0: you so much for the call. As you know, Zorba, we're hearing it. Yes, I do. They aren't that visible. I mean, people no, they're not.
1: Worry. They're not like the old days. It's not like when, yeah. well, I know when you first got hearing loss, you just had a horn, one of those big horns, yeah. like <laughs> from the big thing. That was visible. I had to shout into the horn. It was, you know, and, and besides, you had to carry it around in a knapsack. But, yeah. you know, now that they've miniaturized it. but, but you, you're right. You, you, you,
0: you say it's easy. You're, you tend to be more social if you wear hearing aids. Because, yeah. But... <laughs> I'm <here> hearing aids, <laughs> and I'm not social at all. I got it. I kind it of hate for people. I hate people. That's right. There so, are exceptions. There are exceptions to them. But you like your hearing aids. I love them. I sit around with my wife watching TV or something, and um, used to be that I'd all the time say, turn that up, turn that up. Now, I really love it when she says, could you turn that up a little (laughs) (laughs)
1: bit? And she has perfect hearing. (laughs)
0: 800-462-7413 is our number. Before we take a quick break, Zorba, let's give those Zorba detractors a voice. By firing up another segment of Disagreeing with the Doc.
2: Disagreeing with the Doc. Disagreeing with the Doc.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Following email came to us from a listener named Carolyn in Brooklyn, Wisconsin. She writes Dear Zorba, I would have to disagree with your recent stance on texting while on the toilet.
2: <laughs>
1: no, wait a second. What? Wait what? a second. She has to disagree with my recent stance on texting on the toilet. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. I just want to set this up yeah. so people yeah. understand. Yeah. Okay. But- well, I want to say I was against texting on the toilet. Hey, that's okay. right.
0: Uh, what else are you going to do while waiting to poop? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to be honest... <laughs> It helps me relax. Okay. So things can happen. Okay, got it. (laughs) And wouldn't your phone stay clean if you put it away before (laughs) using the toilet paper?
1: I got the whole visuals here. I'm just picturing the whole thing. I've got imagination. The answer is yes. Yes. Perhaps I was a bit too strong. (laughs) In my, in my, and I will take deference You didn't to use That's the complete right. I did not uh, use scenario, the yeah. complete scenario, nor did I think it through in the appropriate way. So I will flush those thoughts
0: away. <laughs> do you disagree with Zorba? Please do not text us. You can let us know by posting on our Facebook page or by sending us an email at... Whoosh, <laughs> Zorba at WPR.org. Our tasty recipe is coming up. Along tasty. with more of your calls. Come on, call- yeah. how can
3: tasty along to with more, toilet? Along
0: with more of your calls right here on Zorba Pastor on your health from PRX, the public radio exchange. I'm Clark here with family doc Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. That number again is 800-462-7413. But Zorba, before our next call, butternut squash tacos with avocado. Yes, yes. Now, do you like squash at all? All those words except for with make me, wanna, <laughs> make me want to... i mean, real. T-
1: <laughs> well, tacos are okay. <laughs> you know not much taco. <laughs> avocado? <laughs> the word butternut, does it conjure up wonderful sounds or smells or kind of memory? Okay. How about squash?
0: Can so we, we move along <laughs> to our <laughs> okay. next call? All right. <laughs> All right.
1: right. Butternut squash tacos yeah. butternut squash tacos with avocado. Um I know you'll be shocked, but this is a vegetarian recipe.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, so, I can tell.
1: So, for those people who like vegetables, yeah and vegetables are in. They've been in for a while. Well, wait a minute.
0: Are there any green beans in here? No green beans. Or carrots? No, no carrots. Sorry. Okay. Or peas? I got it. Okay, okay.
1: Not canned peas, though. No, 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 peas. Okay. Start out with four cups of butternut squash, peeled and diced. Four
0: cups, butternut squash, peeled and diced. That's
1: right. You're not going to use the peel on the butternut squash. You can buy this butternut squash frozen chunks also, but you need Four cups, okay. Okay. Uh, Four tablespoonfuls of olive oil. Four big tea, olive oil. A teaspoon of cumin. A little tea, cumin. A half teaspoon of nutmeg. Half a little tea, nutmeg. Half teaspoon of chili powder. Half a
0: little tea, chili
1: powder. Okay, Uh, four small tortillas, either flour or corn. Four
0: small tortillas.
1: If you like cilantro, two tablespoonfuls of cilantro. If not, it's two tablespoonfuls of something like parsley.
0: Two big tea, fresh cilantro. Do you like cilantro? Uh, yeah, kind well, okay. of. It's okay. I like, uh, I take uh, corn in the tube rather than I would take the corn other. again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and a fresh avocado sliced into strips. Fresh avocado. Okay. So here we do add two tablespoons of olive oil to a large skillet on the stove. Put it over medium heat. When warm, add the diced butternut squash. Saute for two to three minutes. Then add the cumin, nutmeg, and chili powder. Now, in another skillet, sauté for two to three minutes. Two more tablespoonfuls of, of olive oil, mm-hmm. and then what you want to do is you sauté the squash until it's fork tender, about ten minutes. In other words, you've got these squash, you know, peeled and diced, and you've got to cook it, mm-hmm. basically. Then pile the squash into a warm tortilla, top each taco with sliced avocado, a little fresh cilantro, or a little fresh parsley, and you've got a wonderful, quick, easy meal. And I think one of the issues here, we don't think of butternut squash and avocado when we think of tacos. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. It mm-hmm. certainly isn't right up there with me, but this is something you can think about. It's a wonderful thing to have. And my son-in-law, Mitchell, is a pescatarian, pescatarian, so he eats fish, oh. but eats mostly vegetables, and... Uh, uh, when he comes around, I think I'm going to serve this to him because he he always appreciates when I have a mm-hmm. wonderful vegetable type vegetarian recipe, and I think this is a dinerette recipe for those people who like squash and like yeah. avocado yeah. and and like tacos. For those of you who like uh,
0: meat and meat, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is not sure. Your, well, your recipe
0: after you eat this, then you could have a really nice dessert. Can <laughs> you get a nice dessert? <laughs>
1: if you want a copy of today's recipe, come to our website at zorbapastor.org. That's zorba.pastor.org. Don't forget, you can find us through Facebook, and we no longer send recipes in the mail. We haven't done that for years and years and years. Remember, Gigi? Oh, I She sure used to do. send yeah. it out. wonderful. We we would say, send a self-addressed stamped envelope. Yeah, do they yeah. make stamps anymore? <laughs> <laughs>
0: 800 462 7413. 1 800 462 7413. Use your telephone or one of those gizmos that Zorba has. That's right. You got it. Okay. Back <laughs> the to gizmo. the phones. Uh, a listener with us now in Westwood, New Jersey. Hi. Hi.
3: Hi, Zorba. I'm calling about a chronic ear problem in my left ear that's coupled with this very slight throat tightness oh. that I've had since April. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to give you a quick little background about sure. myself. I'm a 54-year-old female with a very healthy lifestyle. I'm an avid runner, a cyclist, a yogi. Mm-hmm. I have a very a, a well-balanced diet. Mm-hmm. And I finished my third New York City Marathon last November. Oh, so normally, wow. Yeah, wow. so...
1: Congratulations.
3: Kudos. Thank you. Your
1: third so normally, New York City Marathon. That's pretty yeah, outrageous.
3: Yeah, and I throw in New York because that's a tough one. Anyway, mm-hmm. normally I feel great. so that's, I, I, I just want to throw that out there. Every year when I go for my physicals, my blood work, blood pressure, EKG, they're all normal. But this past April when I went for my physical, all that still came back fine. But my doctor saw some extra wax in my ear, and she told me that I could remove it with this over-the-counter product called uh, DeBrox. DeBrox, right. DeBrox, right. So I I never heard of it, but uh, she said, you know, it's easy to do. You just put the drops in your ears. And Mm -hmm. um, so I bought it. I put it. Actually, I put it in both my ears because Mm -hmm. I couldn't even remember which ear she said had the wax, Mm -hmm. and I had no symptoms. Mm -hmm. But um, a couple days after doing this, I started to my ear felt my left ear started to feel different or weird. Uh When I went back to their office, they they irrigated my right ear. Mm which was the original ear with the wax. Got it. Uh, And they said if you continue to have pain in your left ear, just go see an ENT doctor, which I did. Wait
1: wait a second. So they said if you continue to have pain, we're not going to treat it. Just go and see another doctor.
3: Exactly. I just I'd want to get so
1: that straight because yeah. in my office, I would say, oh, you've got pain in the ear, and we would decide whether or not it was an inner ear infection or something called an otitis extern in the canal. But So your doctor said you've got wax in the ear, but if you still have ear problems, you've got to go somewhere else. Okay.
3: Yeah, because basically they're sending me to a specialist. I mm-hmm. guess that's the way they did it. I'm not crazy about that office anymore. Anyway, I, but... I, I would, I would, I would yeah. agree
1: with that because yeah. there are a lot of things that are coming. You don't need to see an ENT doctor for ear pain necessarily. So, okay.
3: Well, yeah, I've been to four ENT doctors, oh, wow. Dentists, an oral surgeon, and even so, I'm going to just tell you what each one said. Oh my ENT, goodness! I know, right? I'm exhausted with this whole process. I bet but,
1: you are. It's a marathon run.
3: <laughs> it really is. It is. Actually, I prefer to do a marathon because at least at the end of that, I feel good. <laughs> so, ENT doctor number one looked in my ear, saw nothing wrong, said if it doesn't go away, come back and I'll give you a script for a CAT scan. Okay. I decided to go to a different ENT doctor mm-hmm. anyway. Okay. So, ENT doctor number two saw nothing wrong, gave me antibiotic drops. Mm-hmm. They didn't work. So then he put me on steroid drops. That didn't work. He said, And then he put me on two rounds of oral steroids. Okay. They didn't work. Okay. And he said, I'm going to send you for a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, Very he, good.
1: Very logical. Made a lot, that okay. makes a lot of sense.
3: CAT scan, negative. Mm-hmm. He said, good. I'm not seeing anything. I've been doing this for mm-hmm. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the only thing I can tell you is if it doesn't go away, go see a neurologist. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not. Mm-hmm. Instead, I decided to go to a third ENT doctor. Okay. This one also saw nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but he put me on an antifungal drop for ten uh-huh. days. Okay. After that, he said, "Only thing I can think of is let's do an MRI." Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had the MRI of the brain and the neck because I did mention I also have this throat tightness. It's mm-hmm. not severe, but mm-hmm. I'm looking for anything sure. to, fig- to uh-huh. try to figure this out. Okay. So anyway, they all came back normal, which mm-hmm. which is good. Mm-hmm. And then um, he said, look, why don't you look? have my throat guy? Because mm-hmm. in this ENT yeah. group, they're very large. Mm-hmm. They have a specialist who just checks throat. Mm-hmm. This guy did a laryng- uh-huh.
1: laryngoscopy.
3: Uh-huh. Laryngoscopy. Mm-hmm. found nothing wrong. And uh-huh. he said, um, we don't see anything in your mm-hmm. ears or your throat. Mm-hmm. Try um, the TMJ route. Uh-huh. Okay. I went to my dentist who sent me to an oral surgeon. Oral Uh surgeon did the panorax, saw Uh nothing. Uh But now they've given me a script for an MRI of my TMJ, and I Uh haven't gone. Uh Because...
1: It's not your I TMJ.
3: Don't, I don't think
1: so. No, like, no, you would if you if you had TMJ, you would have pain. You know what the pain is from TMJ. You've looked up the symptoms on the net, I assume that. Yes. Yeah. And if you have the don't have the symptoms of TMJ, that's not what's causing the pain. I I'll
2: don't
1: gi- know what to do. I'll I'll give you some suggestions. Okay. So okay. first of all, we know you don't have a tumor. That's really good. We don't know why you have the pain, but it started when you started doing things locally to your ear. We know that. You've had antibacterial, antifungal, steroids all put in to try to get the ear canal to settle down if this indeed is a sensitivity to the ear canal. Because it started when you put the Debrox in the ears, Right. Right. So my thought of what I think might be going on is the skin, if, if you actually look in the ear canal, it's skin material within it until you get to the eardrum. It's a very sensitive, it's sort of like almost the inside of your nose. It's very sensitive skin-like material. And I think there's a good chance, I'm not 100% sure, I haven't looked in your ear, that you have a chronic irritation of that inside of the canal that's giving you these symptoms. You know, it's just a chronic thing. So what I would suggest is something very simple. I would suggest that you put some oil in your ear three to four times a day. And I would recommend that the oil that you use, believe it or not, is something simple such as mineral oil. Mineral oil, by the way, does not come from minerals. You know, you buy it at the pharmacy. It was used for constipation. I have no idea why they call it mineral oil because there's no mineral involved in it. But mineral oil is very soothing, very easy on the body. Olive oil, by the way, also uh, works almost as well. But I yeah. would recommend that you put mineral oil in your ear. You stop it up with. You hold your head to because it's your right ear canal. Correct.
2: Uh, no, my left. Your
1: left. Okay, your left ear canal. So you go on the right side, you put four drops, five drops, you fill up the ear canal, leave your head to the side for one minute, at least one minute. You know, when your head is to the side one minute and you're not doing anything, it seems like an hour, but it's only a minute. And then you put a cotton ball in there to dam it up, leave the cotton ball in for maybe five to 10 minutes, take it out, and do that four times a day.
3: For how long? I
1: would do it for two to four weeks, maybe a month.
3: I just want my ear back the right. way it and was. So
1: I think what you, what we want to do is you just want to put a very simple oil to moisturize that on the internal part of the ear canal in the skin. There's That's all you need. Now, the anti-inflammatories, the steroid drops that you put in the ear, supposedly might do that, but they didn't. And maybe there's not that much inflammation. This just needs almost TLC like a baby's butt. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, and so you don't need to have any more scanning. You don't need to see anything else. Try something simple. Do the mineral oil, do it for a month, and then give a call back. That's all I would do. Do nothing else. And stop seeing doctors. You've seen enough. You've seen it. You've had a marathon of doctors.
2: <laughs> I do. I a marathon do, of I know.
1: copays. You've had it's a marathon exhausting. of copays. Yeah. It's exhausting. Of- and everyone is looking at the last one. And when they leave, they all are trying to help. You know, the, the second one who said, we've got to do CT, try, anti-inflammatory. Well, they're all doing a good job. And they said, I don't know, go to a dentist, maybe it's TMJ. But if you look up TMJ symptoms and you don't have them, you know, opening the mouth, you know, the farther you open up the mouth, the worse it is. And also, if your dentist said, I don't think it's TMJ, and you know your dentist, I doubt if it's TMJ. And yeah. I mean, TMJ is not based on the MRI scan; it's based on the symptoms.
3: It's funny. My parents are my mother. My parents are from Greece, and that's what they did when people had earaches. Yeah, they just did. Just warm olive oil in the air.
1: That's it. And you can warm up the mineral oil if it feels better, and you can warm up olive oil. Olive oil will work. Either one one works. I just tend to use mineral oil because it's bland. But you could use olive oil. And besides, Uh you
3: might
0: smell better with the olive oil. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
3: Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Let us know.
1: Let us know. Thank we, you.
0: We appreciate that call at 800-462-7413. That's 800-462-7413. Now, before the break, Zorba, we love it when our listeners engage on the Zorba Pastor on Your Health Facebook page. And now, we'd like to honor that engagement with a segment we call Facebook Feedback. Mm-hmm.
4: Facebook
0: Feedback Okay, Zorba, I'm going to read a post from our Facebook page that came from a listener named Chester. He writes, Okay, so you two geniuses Geniuses. said... (laughs) I'm glad he finally gives us respect that we deserve. said, said, (laughs) ...said when washing your hands, sing happy birthday twice and you should be good. By the way... I'm not one of those two geniuses. (laughs) I didn't say anything about that. Right,
1: And by the way, that happened to be something where somebody actually sent us a letter and said we should do Happy Birthday Uh, twice
0: to wash your hands.
1: But but putting that in, Happy Birthday twice. You want me to sing Happy Birthday twice now?
0: No. (laughs) In, In the five weeks since that episode aired, I've been doing just that. Singing Happy Birthday twice takes about twice the amount of time I normally use to wash my hands. I've stuck with it, and one thing I've noticed is my hands are very dry, and my (laughs) fingernails are crispy. They're chipping and breaking a lot more. That's sure, right. it would be the soap, That's but right. I haven't changed my fairly healthy diet. No. not much change in my blood chemistry. He's washing his hands too much in <laughs> and too long. And no other. He's not a cardiac habit- surgeon. No other habitual Stop changes. Stop it! Stop it! So I wonder what else it could be. It's washing your hands too much.
1: <laughs> it was. It actually. It actually came from like a WHO recommendation of you should wash your hands for 30 seconds. And I thought, who washes their hands for 30 seconds now? If you're going to be doing surgery. Or something. I get yeah. it. You got to wash your hands, yeah. but I mean, washing your hands. The other thing you can do is you can just go to a hand sanitizer. One hump, one pump. Well, not one hump, one <laughs> pump. And you wash your. And basically, once it dries, you're okay. And often that's easier. I have found yeah. hand sanitizer easier on my hands than soap and water. Sorry, mom. Just want to <laughs> let her know that.
0: <laughs> Are you wringing your hands about oh, something you heard on the show? I love it. Post. On our Facebook page, or you can go old school, old school and send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org.
1: Email is old school. Well, that's what you know, that's the way it goes. Before you know it, email will be snail mail.
0: More of your calls <laughs> coming up, some interesting topic to dig into, all right here on Zorba Pastor and Your Health from PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. I'm Clark with Family Doc Zorba Pastor here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. 800-462-7413 is our number. But Zorba, before our next call, antibiotics during infancy may increase the childhood risk for obesity? Yeah,
1: very, very interesting data. So it's an observational study. You know, so observational studies, some of them turn out to be true and some of them don't. But they give us an idea of a trend. Mm-hmm. So antibiotics are overused in kids. They're overused in kids. They're overused in adults. bunch of reasons behind this that, that at some time we have, to, we have to talk about. But with this study, what they found was they looked at kids who received antibiotics before the age of two. This had to do with U.S. government, armed services, children. They've got good data. 240,000 kids had received antibiotics before the age of two. Okay. Then they looked at these are kids in the, whose parents were in the military. Forty thousand of them also received what are called histamine blockers for reflux. But they really zeroed in on the antibiotics, and they found that if you got if you received antibiotics as an infant, and you looked at childhood obesity at the age of three, okay, from mm-hmm. infant to three mm-hmm. year old, there was a twenty six percent increase, greater increase, in obesity if you had received antibiotics hmm. when you were an infant. In other words, so childhood antibiotics in infancy, the question is, does that cause obesity? Now, the more and more we learn about antibiotics, the more we learn that it affects the biome. The biome or the biome, it's pronounced both ways, in the Mm -hmm. gut, has a lot to do with our health. And we're just beginning to understand that these bacteria in our gut has to do... Things to do with autoimmune disease, maybe psoriasis, maybe certainly Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. But now the question is are we altering the biome in our gut and is that producing obesity in some way? In other words, is that pr- the problem with childhood obesity that we're seeing right now? Maybe it's that we use more antibiotics than they do in Europe. My mm-hmm. wife and I recently came back from Europe and you don't see the obesity in Europe that you see here and you definitely don't see the obesity in children. Well, in Europe, they don't. Don't use antibiotics nearly as much as we do, hmm. and if a child comes in with a cold or a sore throat or an ear infection, they're less likely to give an antibiotic, and it's a big issue. Yeah.
0: So should parents do anything, change anything? Hundred percent.
1: Hundred percent. They should say, if they go in a doctor's office, I don't want my child to get an antibiotic unless they need it. That immediately sets up a different tempo. That's opposite of most parents who say they come in and they go. I want an antibiotic for my child. They've got 101 fever, and I know they're sick. That's an important thing. This is really, if you will, a cooperative team effort between parents, physicians, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants to try to reduce antibiotics in children. And this study shows that antibiotic use may affect obesity later on, and it's a study that should raise the red flag.
0: Don't get an antibiotic unless you absolutely need it. 800-462-7413 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. And now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in Eagle River, Wisconsin. Hi. How are you? Hi, fine. How can we help?
4: Well, I find your program both educational and entertaining. I'm curious about the value of vitamins. There's so much out there that it's, uh seems like it's overwhelming and conflicting what should a normal healthy person take if any
1: if any is the is the real answer and the answer is according to the most recent research none now i know that's shocking but uh, the annals of internal medicine which is really a very i mean it's like the new england journal of medicine it's right up there highest level said let's look at all the data together let's look at vitamin supplementation for adults okay not for kids not for pregnant moms who want to get pregnant who need folic acid. Not for pregnant moms who are growing a healthy baby. Not for children who are developing and you know and uh, you know growing healthy bones. Let's look at adults. You know, 30 years of age and beyond. And let's see what the data shows for adults who take vitamin E, vitamin C, folic acid, beta carotene. You know, uh, you know the list goes on. We'll put vitamin D off to the side for now. Multivitamins. Let's see what multivitamins do. And the answer is. They don't do anything. Hmm. Now, is there harm? Well, there is some harm. The first harm is people say, I don't eat right, I'll take a vitamin. That causes harm. Why? Because you should eat right. Uh, Multivitamins are industrially manufactured products. They are not Mother Nature. We know that plentiful fruits and vegetables in a variety of colors give you lots of vitamins. And we know that people who eat a cardboard diet that has hardly any color and any fruits and vegetables don't do as well. So I'm not against taking a multivitamin. I think people just take it in. And it can be a religion. If I take my vitamin every day, I know I'm going to be okay. But frankly, after I saw this data, I threw out my multivitamins and I feel just fine. (laughs) (laughs) so now there's a lot of money in this there's a lot of money in the pot you're talking when you look at the supplement industry you're looking at somewhere between 10 around 10 billion dollars five to ten billion dollars you have companies and malls all over the place selling you one supplement another you've got great names on every supplement nature's valley happy nature nobody says industrialized vitamin. You know, show a picture of an industry. So, in many ways, they're just selling you their product. And the data doesn't show their product does very much. And when I do this, I get tremendous hate mail Mm -hmm. because I have people who believe in their vitamins. It's a religion to them. (laughs) You know, I see people who open up, they open up a whole bunch of things and they have a yellow capsule here and a blue capsule there and a tablet over there and they put them in their mouth and they go, I feel better, should I keep on taking my vitamins? I say, sure, if it makes you feel good, why not take it? But the reality is the scientific data is not there.
4: That's interesting because I have uh, opposed taking vitamins. I eat well, pretty much the Mediterranean diet. I'm not Excellent. overweight. I Excellent. exercise. Excellent. And uh, But I live where we don't get a lot of sunshine in mm-hmm. northern Wisconsin, so I'm thinking... Perhaps vitamin D3. Well, well D3
1: um, is the one vitamin that I'm still, until it's proven to be bad, still think is significant. And 2,000 units a day is what I would recommend for D3. And like you said, you're not going to go outside and bury your breast to the sun (laughs) for three or four hours a day to get enough vitamin D. And so D3, at this point, I still think it's useful. And I take it. That's the only thing I take. I take D3. How about
4: glucosamine for joint
1: care? Some people say it works. Some people say it doesn't. So if you have joint pain, take it for two weeks, stop for two weeks, take it for two weeks, stop for two weeks. You do it three times. Take it for two weeks, stop for two weeks. That, that's basically what you do to see whether or not Isn't it's worthwhile. But whether Isn't or not, it
4: interesting? I don't take it. <laughs> <yeah>. well, <laughs> <I'm fine.
1: laughs> I, I, I don't recommend it to people because the data has been very spotty. Data is very spotty on supplement. Big industry, spotty data.
4: Thank you. Very interesting, as usual. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for the call. At 800
0: 462 7413. Okay, Zorba, time now for the segment where a real life doctor squares off against the mighty, mighty Internet. We call it Google Doc. The following email came to us from a listener named John Paul in St. Augustine, Florida. Dr. Zorba, I've enjoyed your show every week for as long as I can remember. Unfortunately, this email isn't just to thank you and Tom for all the entertainment and laughter you've provided. Unfortunately, About four months ago, my right eyelid swelled up like a balloon. Of course, I did the first thing we all do now and went to Google for a solution. I used a hot compress Mm -hmm. for a few days and just waited for the swelling to go down. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. It was very painful during that time. I'm a healthy 46-year-old. I've never had this before, but it has now happened five times in the last four months on both eyes. I've asked my doctor, and he said it's nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> Maybe just a coincidence. <laughs> Five what, times? I wh- don't think what so. What can cause my eyelids to swell up oh. this many times in such a short period of time? There are so many things that can do it. You know, so many irritants
1: that are in the environment, soaps that are in the environment, you know, touching things that are particulate matter. Allergies can cause it. A Shampoo can cause it. There are a bunch of things. And basically if your eyes continue to swell up, I'd go see an ophthalmologist get an evaluation and see why it's happening I mean five times come on that's not that to me that is not coincidental twice might be coincident but mm-hmm. five times no and if your regular doc doesn't have an answer then the answer is go to see an ophthalmologist or an optometrist but but either one of them will have an idea of what's going on. And wash your hands. You don't have to sing Happy Birthday twice, but you do have to keep, but you do
2: have to keep
1: your hand. You still don't want me to sing Happy Birthday. I mean, really, you know. Um,
0: moving right along, did you read something online that you're not quite sure about? Zorba's here to clarify the clickbait. Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. I have a question. Can I wear a Google hat
1: sometime on the air? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I've, I've never want. seen a Google Nimble hat. Then we'll take It'll a poll like of a listeners. <laughs> That's right. See whether, see or, not whether they like it or not I would look cool in a Google hat. You can just imagine me in one of those Google hats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 800-462-7413 <laughs> is our number. That's 800-462-7413. Now, before we hang it up today, Zorba, let's check in again with your favorite backseat drivers, The Grammar Police. Oh no, it's the Grammar Police. The following message came to us from a listener named Liz in West Salem, Wisconsin. She left us a voicemail and was concerned about Zorba's use of the word... Handfuls during our oh, weekly hand, recipe handfuls. segment. Handfuls. She said the proper word he should be using is handsful. Oh, hands, handsful. Okay, handsful,
1: yeah. like handsful in Gretel. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I just did. You, bad joke. You making bad fun joke. of this email? Yeah, I, I am. I don't. I, I don't mean to. I should. I should have respect. I should. I, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean any disrespect. So I should say handsful versus handfuls. Yeah. Well, that does make sense. I it should does, say yeah. hands full versus handfuls.
0: Yeah. Everybody else uses hands, hands full. You're the only else one that says hands uses hands full. <laughs>
1: I've got a hands full of medicine. I've got a hands full of pasta. I don't have <laughs> handfuls of medicine. You know, I have to tell you, but handfuls sounds better to me than hands full. What sounds better to you, hands full or handfuls? Handfuls. Handfuls, see? So that means but we're but I both I think he's
0: efficient. right.
1: I think the, the, the I, I, is right. I think he's right. But is that priggish? You think it's priggish? <laughs> You're calling say, a hands hands good listener. Prigish. I don't mean to call a good listener a prig. Now a <laughs> prig is an acceptable word, but I mean it's not a nice word. You don't want to call somebody a prig. So I take that back. I think I will try to say, hands full. Hands full. I'll just say it tense hands full instead of handfuls. Right, handfuls. I'll I'll do my best, but I don't promise I'll be successful. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I will try my best. I promise. Would you promise. like? Cross my hands.
0: Would you like to add another <laughs> grammar grievance to our list? <laughs> Why not? It's not like Zorba already has his hands full. Oh, gosh. That's right. Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email, too. And if you have a handfuls of
1: that, you can send it to zorba at wpr.org.
0: See you next week, Zorba. I hope. Stay well, Tom. If you missed anything during the show or just want to download our show podcast, Visit us on the web. Or give us a
1: hands full of discussions. Zorba at WPR.org. i got to put that in my brain. It's hard to get it in there.
0: Well, you keep <laughs> practicing it, I will.
1: It. I promise. It was all day today. Hands full.
0: <laughs> and don't forget you can call us anytime at 800-462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It's not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidrin. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Tom Clark, hoping you'll join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health.
4: For more information on Dr. Zorba Pastor and to listen to current or past episodes, go to ZorbaPastor.org. There you can subscribe to the weekly podcast and you will find the show archive, Zorba's favorite recipes, his healthy living articles, and other helpful tips heard on the show. That's ZorbaPastor.org.